0: Five minutes after six a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Malcolm Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Live a
1: little louder. Yeah. Live a little louder. Take it up. Eighth day, Nissan Black.
2: My head is feeling heavy, and my steps are out of sync. When my feet can't find their rhythm, and I don't know what to think. Simple words have lost their meaning, and my broken heart can't be. It's in these silent moments, I feel you next to me, saying, Face the challenge, steer it down, take the plunge, feet off the ground, breathe. Of water, no anchor can hold you down. Say with me now again, live your one life, mid Dublin. And when your silent faith begins to fade, live a little louder, a little louder, a little louder, live a little louder. Crashing of the ocean. Traveling in the breeze, from children as they play, the harmonies that fall between the notes we cannot hear, the sound of life surrounding you. I saw
1: Goodness, goodwill, God heals. Every type of suffering, that's how I fell in love with him. Seen a lot of pain in life, I am still recovering. I'm giving all I have to give, I finish when there's nothing left. I live life with the fire burning in my chest. I'm drawing down the light a little, make it louder while progress. True joy is revealed or concealed in the actions you're making. You should learn patience. Live life every day with a smile of good energy. Because
2: it's a way to victory. Face the challenge, steer it down. Take the plunge, feet off the ground. Breathe in deep till again your head's above water. No, no anchor can hold you, can hold you down. down. Say with me now again. Live your one life McDowell. When your silent fate begins to fade. Face the challenge, steer it down. Take the plunge, feet off the ground. May I know Habu? May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? Yom Shabbos Meni'chu. May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? Yom Shabbos Meni'chu. May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? Yom Shabbos Meni'chu. May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? May I know Elam Habu? Yom Shabbos Menichu Yom Shabbos Menichu Atam Finoi Lom Abuch Yom Shabbos Yom Shabbos Yom Shabbos Yom Shabbos Yom Shabbos my I know Habu? I know Habu? you in I Habu? 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 you Habu? 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 you in Habu? I Habu. Joy, Shabbos, manich, I my I Mabu. Shabbos my eye, my eye, My eye, my eye, habu. my eye, you Shabbos my my Yo, i Shabbos, my Nichoo. Yo, I'm Shabbos, yom Atam I'm Shabbos, i Shabbos, Yom Shabbos. i Shabbos, yum Shabbos Yo, I'm Shabbos, my Atam Sha buss, yum sha buss, yum sha
3: can't see the light my parents shine towards me what i thought i saw was not really that so beautiful and nothing can compare we fought so hard to get it while i sit here and neglect it it's so beautiful but i couldn't see yet you see me running Like the leaf flowers blowing in the wind. But the signs kept on showing, and the light kept on glowing to the end. Never wanna leave, never wanna leave, never wanna leave Oh, and I, I don't have to live in fear Cause I know you're watching over me, watching over me, watching over me
2: We have been here, we have been Ya khaberi, call Israel and I Yarba.
4: Now sign at our own. we will now begin leaning. And I ask for your indulgence and patience with the new wonderful Balquire, who unfortunately has a slight dyslexic problem. Go ahead, Rudin. Rom. <laughs> It's Vayedaber, Rudy, and at the end of the sentence, it's Leimor, and not the hotel you mentioned. But that's what I said. Say it again, just to be safe. el <laughs> lecha I said that. M- maybe you misheard. Uh, go on, repeat it.
0: A piece from the Rechnitzer rejects, which uh, <laughs> Erev Arab Show expert and curator Mark Zamek suggested has to be played at some point today because it is a uh, routine based on Parsha Shlach and outside of Israel, that's what we read this week. So if you're looking for it, uh, you'll find it on the um, Rechnitzer Rejects Volume Number 8, a selection entitled Bal Koray here at J.E.B. in the A.M. Uh, before that, Haverim done by Schwebel, Sharf and Levine. After all, we do Ben Shoshodesh this week. You heard Mayane, that classic from Avram Freed. Running back to you from Waterbury, that's brand new. Mayane from Srilly Green. Eighth day in Nisan Black together with a song called Little Louder and of course Regesh Modani opening things up and we say good morning welcome to a Friday it's Erev Shabbos believe it or not Shabbos Mavarchim uh, 16th day of June day number 27 in the month of Sivan. Just three months away from the brand new year. <laughs> Tammuz, of <Av> and Elul. <laughs> it just, it, I can't get over how fast time flies at this point. Anyway, it is Arab Shabbos Parsha Shlach outside of Israel. Candle lighting time in New York is 8.09. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 8.09 in New York. A lot of synagogues begin early. And in general, make sure you know when things start where you are. Well, Ben Shush Chodesh Tammuz... Rosh Chodesh Thomas will be a Monday and Tuesday, two-day Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Thomas will be Monday and Tuesday, so we'll start saying uh Yal-V-Y-A-V-O on Sunday night. Speaking of Sunday, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And in general, a, a big month for dads and grads, as we keep pointing out. So mazal Tov to all those who are celebrating during this uh, month of June. Speaking of Mazal Tov, Mazal Tov to all the inductees last night at the Yeshua University Athletics uh, Hall of Fame dinner. I was honored to uh, preside over the induction ceremony. Thank you, Greg Fox. Thank you, uh, Avi Lauer. Thank you, uh, President Berman. Thank you, everybody, uh, for inviting me. It was really, really nice and uh, a beautiful ceremony. And it's so great to reunite with a chevra of people from around the world that I just cherish. When I get to hang out with those who are in some way affiliated with YU sports, it's just, it's so great. So, um, again, wonderful to be there. Mazal Tov. And uh, here we are on a Friday morning broadcast. Plenty coming up. Weekly update with Malcolm homeline We'll check out Parsha Schlach with both uh, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin. Full day on the network, as you would imagine, including the Arab of Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just a whole lot going on. Simple as that. Uh, Yaniv Madad is next, a song called Chodesh Tove, and you're listening to JM in the AM.
2: The light of the sun, the light of the sun, the Yes, you know. Shan elokaino, elokai avo seinu, Seti khadi shaleinu, esakhona shanze. De tova Shed, I look in you, Shetty <speaking> hard <in foreign language> <speaking in foreign language>
5: Beachy, she, the cracha, batkas Nafshi, kiva shabos, etzeh hofsi, kivo yoi minu ho si, yomri chombeachy, she, the cracha, batkas fanafsi, kiva shabos, etzeh hofsi. Chichi, the Gracia, Kiva Shabo, you
6: This is
2: the
1: Nigin that I sing, that I sing at my Bar Mitzvah. And uh, ever since then, it's the song my father and I sing together often. But this is no exception. I want everybody singing together when we start, all right?
3: On this side, I can't hear you. Let's go.
0: JM in the AM, Ein Aruch, done by uh, Eitan Katz. Live in Jerusalem, volume number three here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, the uh, Toa Ma, brand new Toa Mea selection. From Eli Hertzlick, Leif Tahar with Birchasa Chodesh. We do Benchasa Chodesh tomorrow. Eitan Gedalia had Birchasa Chodesh. Isaac and Rubenstein with Better With You. Yonatan Sheinfeld, and Chodesh Tov, done by uh, Yaniv Madad here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world web and and the AhamSigel Network, and of course, any beloved NSNF. Is that Galitzvah in the background? Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well. I believe that is Galitzah. <laughs> Erev Shabbos Friday morning here at JM in the AM Weekly Update. Less than an hour away. Candlelighting on this Erev Shabbos Parsha Shlach because we do read Shlach outside of Israel this week is uh, 809 809 many synagogues begin earlier make trino sure you know and things start where you are and again that's new york time 809 if you're around the world at some uh, in some area certainly make trino sure you know and things start where you are we'll bench rosh chodesh tomorrow rosh chodesh tammuz is monday and tuesday rosh chodesh tammuz is monday and tuesday we will bench rosh chodesh tomorrow by the way, Mark Zamek at the 10 a.m. this morning has the Erev Shabbos show. I want to remind you, those of you who are subscribers already to 246 24SIX, those of you who are subscribers, you got to search NSN. You, got to, you could listen to it on demand. You could listen to the Erev Shabbos on demand, so like you can hear. But if you're on 246, you got to search NSN in order to find it. So keep that in mind. If you're looking for our programming on other platforms, search NSN. And that is how you can uh, discover it. Oh. Pretty easy, I get it, but, you know. I want to make sure everybody knows how to find the programming that they love. And trust uh, trust me when I tell you that that uh, Erev Shaba show is among these shows that people really, really love, to say the least. Uh, coming up, both... Um, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin. will talk about Parsha Shlach again. We read it outside of, uh, of Israel this week. A uh, great weekend programming, including Avrami the Saturday night Seagull. is weekly tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Excuse me, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time, right after Shabbat. Sunday, it's Matas and JM. Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time, live. The guy's amazing. He brings you a great show every single Sunday morning. Make sure to be tuned in. And of course, Monday we're back here at JM and the AM. That's how it works. And um, and that'll be the next time that we present the JM and the AM broadcast. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away again. Feel free to comment on the app. On Wednesday night, June the 21st, beginning at 7.15 in the main shul at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, Shmuel Sackett, the founder of Am Yisrael Chai, is going to be speaking on the topic of What Every American Jew Needs to Know. That sounds like a very valuable get-together. 7 p.m. This coming Wednesday night. We'll give you more details for the
7: initial of Q Garden Sills. Uh, Gali Talizvil, Army Radio 2PM
3: Newscast next to Jane. <laughs> הם צאים לפיזור רפGANות וירו להאוויר במטרה להרחיק את המיתפريم. الفلسطينים תומים כי亿吨אי נפצע ברגלו במעלחה ימותי ופונא לVED חולים. אחמינג'ד גורם בתחוני אומר כי לא בוטצ' יריחאי על אפ דם במעלחה ארויה.
7: שלוחה של שקרירות רוסיה תפתח בהפינת הרחובות King George מאלות בירושלים. מדובר כתבנו המדינה ניר קוזינ.
8: לאחר שרוסים תאנוקי חלקת נדל"ן בלב עבירה שהייתה להם הוחלט בהסכם כי השטח ישמש את הרוסים לבניית שלוחה של שגרירות רוסיה בתל אביב. המבנה יעניק שירותים לאזרחים הרוסים או ישראלים החיים בירושלים, המעוניינים לקבל ויזה למדינה. יוקם בו גם אולם אירועים וחלקים ממנו ישמשו למגורי דיפלומטים. שר החוצה ליקוין התייחס ואמר כי הקמת השלוחה עומדת בקו אחד עם הרצון לפתוח נציגויות נוספות בירושלים.
7: ועד עובדות הצהרונים בירושלים הכריז על שביטה של כלל העובדות ביום ראשון הקרוב כחלק מסדרת ההשבטות שדיווחנו עליה לרשונה בגלי צהל. העובדות תשבוטנה בעקבות חוסר התקדמות במסע ומתן על הסכם חדש עם העירייה. כתבתנו לענייני חינוך יובל מילר מציינת כי ארגון ההורים מסר בתגובה מצר על החלטת העובדות להמשיך ולפגוע בילדים ובהורים וקורא להן לפעול באחריות. צויה ירדן תואנת שיפיל רחפן שחadar מיסוריה באופen בילדי חוקי ונסא כלינשיק. כתבנו جاكי חוגי מזכיר שבישלישי אודיו ירדנים על הפלת רחפן נסא סמים שיאב בתיסה מיסוריה לצפון ירדן. סוחנו 트로이터ס ליפחה שם המלחה אישים מ Militias Pro-iranיות סמים לשיתחה כדי להברמ לשוקה הסמים במדינת המפרץ. חלוץ אמנות הפנתומימה יורם בוקר ואיש הרדיו וממייסדי להקת הנחל שמואל שי הלכו לעולמם הלילה. מדווחת כתבת התרבות טליה בנון צור. יורם בוקר שנפטר בגיל 83 הלילה למד את אמנות הפנתומימה בצרפת ממרסל מרסו ובשנת 1970 הקים בארץ את תיאטרון הפנתומימה הישראלי. בשנת 2010 זכה לאוטו קורה מאיגוד אומני ישראל בוקי כי הן בוועד המנהל לפני כן. שמואל שי שהלכנו גם כן גיל 90, היה ממייסדי להקת הנחל בשנות החמישים. שי היה מישדרני הרדיו הבולטים בישראל, והנחה תוכניות בכל ישראל, ומאוחר יותר גם בגלי צהל. בשנת 2006 זכה לאות יקיר העיר תל אביב יפו. הלווייתות התקיים ביום ראשון בעיבת הקברות מנוחת עולם בינתניה בשעה שתיים. (ש) מזג העביר עלייה בטמפרטורות מחר יעשה שרבי אליה חדשות.
2: Asa nisim lavo yisainu Asa nisim lavo yisainu V'k'o'a lo yisam me'yav edus lichinus V'k'o'a lo yisam Vishara sani sema sani sema vai sem meu Ah sani sem lavai sem viu Vigalala samanh ave
0: Sandy Shmueli with uh, Misha Asa. Before that, you heard Shal Sheles, uh, to open up the hour. After all, Misha Asa, words we say tomorrow when we bench Rosh Chodesh. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, and Rosh Chodesh will begin on Sunday night. It is a two-day Rosh Chodesh, Monday and Tuesday. A two-day Rosh Chodesh, Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz really right around the corner. Candle lighting in New York, 809. Make sure you know when things start where you are. A big mazel tov to all the dads and grads out there. Lots of graduates. Every time we turn around, it's another graduation. It's amazing. Uh, Lots of graduates. And, of course, this coming Sunday, we get to celebrate Father's Day here in the United States of America. So, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and all the granddads and all the great granddads. Happy Father's Day. Remember, our recommendation, you want to really... Pull together an amazing and incredible Father's Day celebration. Make sure to get plenty of A&H. That's what it's all about. Abel's and Hyman. The knockwurst, the sausage, the hot dogs. Toss them all on the grill. That's the centerpiece of your big Father's Day celebration. That's how it works. Simple as that. Uh, go to kosherdogs.net. Check out the entire offerings, that, uh, all the offerings that A&H has. Use uh, promo code RADIO for your 10% discount and enjoy. Try A&H today. You'll be glad. You did. Harry Rothenberg has words about this week's Parsha outside of Israel. Uh, The uh, Parsha of the week is Parsha Shlach. Harry Rothenberg on Shlach, on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
6: The sages tell us that when Moshe went up to heaven to get the Torah, he saw God writing one of his 13 attributes in the Torah, Erech Apayim, slow to anger. Moshe said, for the righteous, right? God said no, for the wicked as well. Moshe said, why save the wicked? God said, trust me on this. You're going to need this prayer someday. And sure enough, fast forward, we get to this week's Parsha. The spies, the Merah come back and 10 out of 12 of them bring home a bad report convincing their fellow Jews that they won't be able to conquer the promised land, even with God on their side. God gets very upset. And Moshe prays for mercy on behalf of the Jewish people, quoting some of God's 13 attributes, including Erech slow to anger, And the sages pick up the conversation. God says back to Moshe, one second, didn't you say only for the righteous? Moshe said, well, yes, but didn't you say for the wicked as well? So let your words prevail over mine. I don't understand. Did God really need to remind Moshe? You think Moshe didn't remember that prior conversation? You think he wasn't a little embarrassed that he had to bring it up? Well, yes, I guess you were right. What was God trying to do? Get the last word in, stick it to Moshe? Maybe this is showing us the closeness of the relationship. Think of a long-time married couple, and one of them says something to the other, and the other one doesn't listen, and sure enough, the first one was right, and with a big smile. Don't even need to say the words. You can just hum it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I told you so, pleafully. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe God was pleafully busting Moshe's chops. Almost, if we can say this about God, that like God had a sense of humor showing us just how close the relationship was between a human being and God who created the universe. It's mind-boggling. And that is the way the Torah is learned, in a relationship. That's why God spent 40 days and nights up in heaven teaching the Torah to Moshe, instead of zapping it into his head, creating a relationship, a bond. Torah is best learned with a study partner, a study buddy, a chavrusa, the Talmud tells us a story about what happened after Reish Lakish, the long-time Chavrusa of Rav Yochanan died. Rav Yochanan was despondent. The sages found him a new study partner, a razor-sharp fellow. And Rav Yochanan explained to his new study partner why he was still upset. He said, when I used to study with Reish Lakish, anytime I'd say something, he'd bring me dozens of reasons why I was wrong, and I gained from that. You bring me dozens of reasons why I'm right. That doesn't help me. A study partner challenges you, pushes you out of your comfort zone, tells you when you're wrong, keeps you on your toes, and makes learning so much more interesting and exciting and rewarding. Harry Rothenberg's presentation is uh, being done
0: in honor of Rafur Schlema, a speedy recovery for Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Uh, we continue to uh, pray for a speedy recovery, a full recovery, a refuer Again, keep in mind, ruchama chana etel bas chava, our amazing friend. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. <laughs>
2: Hoy wat gebult het we semana ayo schwach doch mag de
9: ahayo
2: schwach in asater zafro vir amsha la Tivra kol nafsha, irim kadi shim uvnay eno ha sha, chivas bira, chivas bira veayfesh mea. I am a terai kyasa nach mi sech du wie leckwe das kuchin a sardiver achtum roch in wenn nafshin wie samrunach this is
10: Schlock Rock. But this time it's for real. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the O Man on Crying Show. Thank you. On today's O-Man, we have something quite unusual. Everyone knows about the great Jewish rock band Schlock Rock. An unnamed source sent us a very exciting audio clip that reveals the inner workings of Lenny and the band. Take a listen to this.
8: Roll it, guys. Lenny. I have got a great gig for you. Wow, sounds good. I love great jobs. Perfect. I have got a client who wants you to write the holiest Shabbat song ever written. The holiest Shabbat song? Ooh, that's a holy job. But we can handle it. How
4: about this idea? The day Barry Wise told me to keep Shabbat With a trip to the hotel, kid, a Janet Sholin crock pot. Though we never seem to know. From that Shabbat, I started to grow. The day Barry Weiss taught me to keep Shabbat.
8: All right, okay, that was pretty good. I like the personal angle, but it's too personal. Give me something more global. Global, eh? Okay, how about this?
4: Sent to me from the Manhattan Day School. Hit it, boys! If Shabbat became a no Shabbat,
8: Now we're getting somewhere personal and global. But Lenny, I need more ritual. Ritual? Okay, first you for personal, then you for global. You're pushing me. Uh, okay, Len, okay. How about this? How about things we don't do on the Shabbat?
4: Ah, things we don't do on the Shabbat. I got something perfect for you from the Kosher Police. It's a classic.
8: I wanted ritual, but not a lecture. I'm not sure you cut out for this job.
4: All right, all right. Wait, no need to panic. Relax, relax. I've been playing around with this musical idea. Tell me what you think.
8: language. I like this idea. Keep it up. Work in this angle. It's classic. Funny. It sounds eerily familiar. Like something I've been singing my whole life. Nah, couldn't be. Anyway, I'm going to call my client tell him you really got something going.
10: Wasn't that absolutely fabulous? Now Lenny went on and finished this song, which proceeded to be a gigantic hit although we're not really sure if he really wrote it or if Lenny was just putting one over on his agent. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Join us on the next All-Man, where we all will decide where to live in Israel. In the meantime, keep on schlocking and have a wonderful day or night. (laughs)
0: Jam in the Am with Gershon Veroba's Lechado D. Friday morning, hour of Shabbos. Shabbos Mavarachim will Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Tamos will be Monday and Tuesday again. Rosh Chodesh Tamos Monday and Tuesday. 8.09 candle lighting time in New York. 8.09. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Lenny Solomon before that with the holiest Shabbat song. Curry bone done by. Um, Moshe Storch here at JM and the AM. Friday morning, Era of Shabbos, weekly update coming up. Don't forget our friends at dot com between now and Father's Day, which is this Sunday, has a sale on all tzitzis, all talasim. All yarmulkes, it's all there at ShopEichlers.com. Save 15% between now and Sunday when you use promo code RADIO. Again, com. All tits this for the summer or anytime. time. Uh, brand new Talasim. he may want one for the uh, brand new year coming up. Uh, or um, brand new... Uh, Uh, Brand new yarmulkes. They've got everything there at com, And it's 15% off between now and Sunday if you use promo code radio. Check out com and enjoy. Weekly update on the way. We're by you in an hour number three and plenty more on a Friday, as you can imagine, if you keep it here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network.
2: Le dorota perito
0: It's a medley done by Micha Gamerman and company on the uh, Shabbat Oneg album here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It's Erev Shabbos Mubarak, and we're going to bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Tammuz will be Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz will be Monday and Tuesday. Keep that in mind. Uh, Candlelighting in New York at 8.09. 8.09 is Candlelighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And, of course... Many synagogues begin early tonight, so again, make sure you know when things start where you are. Officially, 809 in New York is candlelighting, which I'm assuming is, is the latest it gets, right? I'm assuming this is the latest Shabbos start, but who knows? Happy Father's Day to, yeah, I could find out just by flipping the calendar, that's true let's see, I'll experiment for a moment to see if my theory is correct. No, apparently next week it's 8.10 and then the following week it's 8.11. How do you like that? Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Father's Day is Sunday. Happy Father's Day. And of course, Mazal Tov to all the dads and grads that are celebrating in the month of June. Don't forget our friends at Uh If you'd like thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos about Israel and um, the Jewish world, go to Jewishworldview.com. Do just that, and you will be uh, as informed as ever. Go to jewishworldview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honlein is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honeline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Yeah, good morning to you, Nassim. I'm going to start with a, a very interesting uh, piece of our discussion yesterday with her by Joshua Fast, the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. He said to me on the air... He said to me on the air that he was traveling last week in the United States with members of the Israeli government who either had never been to the USA or had been here only once, uh, either long ago or an isolated trip, you know, many years ago, et cetera. And the impression that they got in this country, the takeaway that they left the United States with, was how comfortable the American Jewish community is is here in the United States. And they were not talking about the wealth and the luxury that we enjoy. They were talking about the simple uh, idea of comfort uh, and how we feel living here in the United States. Now, again... For those who've been, you know, 99% of their lives in Israel, they're expecting, because they grew up with this impression, that Jews in the diaspora, you know, can't exactly sleep well at night, you never know what may happen, Uh, it, it it can't possibly be as comfortable for Jews outside of Israel as in Israel. And I wanted to get your reaction to this because, frankly, Malcolm, you and I both know that with everything going on, including continued public speeches at graduations and colleges that laud the uh, Palestinian cause and condemn Zionism and make outrageous statements about the Jewish community, et cetera, despite all of that, there's a great degree of comfort, some might say unprecedented in Jewish history, comfort for the American Jewish community in this country, your reaction to this?
11: Well, it's true. To and and America offers a lot to the Jews, but anybody who doesn't see the signs and the troubling signs uh, in so many realms and the shifting demographics of America, the shifting political situation in America, and the the. Uh, Comparison to Israel is a a false one. Israel offers a Jew the fullest life as a Jew, which cannot be compared to anything in the diaspora. So it's not because Jews are uncomfortable here that they should be going and they should be seeing the connection to Israel. But because of the elevated status and, and the importance of aliyah is not just it should be You should be going there for positive and, and, and images. On the other hand, we see many troubling signs and, and the the increase in the anti-Semitic incidents. And I know there are some reports that say it's down a little bit, down this, down that. That's not consistent. And the the growth of on the internet and on the campuses, which we know affects then how future generations. So you have activist groups are the ones that are most hostile to Israel and the bulk who are indifferent and will not stand up for it. So we we have to look at the, at the reality of our situation wherever we are and wherever we have been and that those who had the foresight usually fared better.
0: But isn't it an interesting how the I, – I, let's call it average – Uh, you know, um, educated Israeli, I'd have to assume that these people were in that category, that they would suspect that the default would be that those who live outside of Israel can't possibly be at a 100% uh, place of comfort, right? They would expect that it's got to be just based on Jewish history and based on how they grew up, knowing that, you know, things are so much safer and better for Jews in Israel than outside of Israel. Uh, They figured they, they have to feel the trepidation here. And of course, they felt exactly... The opposite. They were shocked at just how comfortable everybody is in this country. And by the way, you're somebody, I mean, there are many people out there, but certainly you're uh, chief among them who spends, you know, half their time doing everything to defend and promote the state of Israel. At the same time, you know, you do not neglect and you think it's important, understandably so, to secure the community's place here in this country, right? Meeting with local officials and certainly federal officials, et cetera, and having good relationships with all of them. But I think we need more of that 50-50. I think there's so many people and leaders in our community who are so focused on doing everything possible to make life as good as possible here and forging those relationships to benefit the Jewish community here, and they don't spend any time, any of the other 50% worried about and doing everything in their power uh, to uh, to strengthen the state of Israel. So I think that's an important piece to remember as well.
11: Look, I, I don't think it's, we're dealing with zero-sum games here. We're, we're dealing with uh, people who have to address security needs the financial needs the food needs the from everybody from the elderly to the youngest to make sure that uh, we get our fair share in terms of educational support so our institutions can survive our schools our yeshivas uh, all of the needs of our community are met but that doesn't detract and shouldn't detract from our ability to focus also on not only Israel, but the international community. I mean, what we did for Soviet Jewry, for Syrian Jews, for, so- for Iranian Jews, Iraqi Jews, Iranian Jews, what we do today for Jewish communities in South America and others that we are concerned about um, should not detract from our ability. And we have the capability to do both, to be able to stand up and fight for Israel. And frankly, when you see the condition of Jews in some of these countries where they were very comfortable and all of a sudden the situations are shifting, reminds you of the importance of Israel and reminds you why the balance really is not two separate tracks. And when we have cry is we have responsibility to the Jews and to, to our own communities and to Israel, as well as endangered Jewish communities around the world. We have the kayak to do, we have the ability to do it. the problem is, that there are just too few of us who are really engaged. You know, somebody said to me that once, the fundraiser said, you know what, I know I have enough money for my institution. The problem is it's, it's still in their pockets. And that's that's the problem. We have the ability, we have the power to do it. The problem is it's still sitting in people's, you know, as in their living room, dining rooms and kitchen, wherever they're comfortable, their office, the boardroom, without them realizing... How how tenuous the situation could be.
0: Oh, how right you are. I was at a Shiva call this week, by the way, and uh, somebody was talking about their parents. One um, whose family was from uh, Holland, right around uh, 1939, they left on one of the last uh, ships, and uh, one whose family was from, and the other side of the family was from Krakow. Survivors, etc. And they said that both parents had written their memoirs. And my gosh, it's so rich with, you know, Jewish history from Mafeila Laora, you know, in both cases. And, you know, who are we in our generation? There's nothing to write about. You know, we, we, we never went through any of these trials and tribulations. And my reaction was. <laughs> I don't know how you would have reacted. My reaction was, just wait. Just wait. If we know Jewish history, everybody at some time is going to have to overcome adversity, both individually and as a community, in order to survive as Jews. Now, I know you think I'm being dramatic, and I get it. There's a lot of drama there. But people are losing focus that everything we've seen in our history does get repeated. And we've got to do everything in our power to make sure to, you know, that, that we're prepared for situations like that. I don't think our community here in the United States, is prepared at all for it. And by the way, perfect segue. You have and, and look again. You know, you're a leader who speaks up, but you have to be disappointed in Jewish leadership. That again, as these speeches are being made from graduations and people are are giving their pro-Palestinian rhetoric and condemning Zionism and hating Israelis publicly, it has to trouble you that you are not joined by more Jewish leaders who are emphatically outraged, publicly outraged by what they're hearing in foreign like that?
11: Well, I think that, uh, you know, there are instances where I know uh, people, and I've made that choice too at times, when we deal with very delicate situations, where you have to balance how, what the response is, what's the most effective response to build the best uh, to, to assure that, you get accountability, and that you address it. the situation. Community demands that people speak out. This is federal. Uh, I mean, state taxes, city taxes are paying for these people and for the situation. When the 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 dean applauds the speech, when the person was elected by the classmates. Now, just think of what what was going on in the two, three years, whatever they were in law school. There, the kind of rhetoric, the kind of hatred that was that was being spewed that her classmates would, would elect her to be a spokesperson and, and loudly applaud and, and support the lies, distortions and misrepresentations that we, that we heard there. Yeah. Now, the, the, the truth is that people have to be aware of the circumstances. And sometimes it's easier. So we point out what's going on in Europe because people are able to focus. Maybe distance gives them clarity. But the fact is that what happens there is happening here. Just sometimes it comes a little later, but now with the internet, with the the different communication system, it's you cannot separate it. And the hatred crosses borders, boundaries, oceans. There's hard to make a distinction. Of course, each country is sui generis and, and it's unique. I do think that the president coming out with a, a and addressing and having the White House create this plan, even though it, it has flaws and, and there are prob- it's problematic in some regards. But the fact is that, that, that putting it on the national agenda and demanding that every agency begin to address it, because most of them think that they're exempt from it, when in fact there is a relevance of every single agency. You know, Somebody asked me, well, what is agriculture about to do with it? And the answer is kosher food in the programs. There are a lot of programs that don't offer kosher food to people who are entitled to SNAP and other benefits. The, the Bureau of Prisons we have many problems in in the presence of anti-semitism you know denying Kush food or whatever uh, issues arise so every agency and if they're really held to account but that means they have to be held to account and if there are and they have to file reports supposedly by the fall um so i think that that you know while, while the focus has been on some of the criticism and the um you know i i saw the care Committee on Islamic American Relations, and to me, the significance of their statement was what they welcome and what they and how they interpret it tells us the weakness and where we have to strengthen, and especially on the the, the commitment to the IRA definition, which they the plan embraces doesn't endorse. So they grab on that and say, you see, it doesn't endorse it. It does mention the nexus definition, which is not good, and it doesn't bar BDS, and it doesn't bar this, and doesn't bar that. So, you know, it's a guide to me about what the failures are. But but when, if the federal government really does it, and we get the FBI and the DHS to really, and, and they do cooperate, and they have been helpful, and they're helping us with the, the assembling statistics and responding to, to anti-Semitic incidents. But the fact is that much more should be done. And we saw it in the report that was filed where major cities left out of the report where the number of anti-Semitic incidents were, were the highest. And uh, w- so we have we have to be on our toes, be watching everything, be prepared to speak out when when it's appropriate, to be to, to work behind the scenes when it's appropriate, but to keep in mind all the time what our longer-term obligation. It's not just that second, but we have to look at this long-term and the trends certainly should be of concern to anybody who sees them.
0: No question about it. Well said. By the way, on the topic of anti-Semitism, do you think that the Tree of Life case could actually end with a death penalty or that's a real long shot?
11: You know, the the fact that they didn't call any witnesses, they didn't put them on the stand that, uh, I mean, they obviously know what the outcome is and maybe you know, there's some sort of uh, a hope there or their part uh, to avoid the, the death penalty. Um, I think it's it's a long shot in any place in the United States today to get a, a death penalty, but uh, certainly I think he'll be in prison for the rest of his life, uh, that's for sure. But, it, you know, there has to be a message yeah. and, the, and the message of the punishment because too often look at these deals that have been reached With some of those who carried out the attacks, they get a slap on the wrist, they get, you know, 18 days, three months, you know, minimal sentences, which is probably on the part of some of the prosecutors, not what they wanted. But because that's probably what they could get through a a, a, a process that either a jury or a judge would not give as strong a sentence as they would want. So they take what they can get. But we have to send that message that is not going to be tolerated.
0: Uh, the United States has offered sanction relief to Iran in the latest proposal in terms of a deal um, in exchange, I guess, for a limited Iranian progress in their nuclear program. Would that be the nature of this deal?
11: So th- this is not a JCPOA junior deal. This is far less than less for less, which, as you know, I talked about for a long time that this thing was in the offing, that there was, that there were talks going on and what what they released so far, $2.7 billion from Iraq. This week? Uh, so, yeah, this past week. That that money was already released. It's, it's part of the money being held by the Iraqi government, uh, Iranian money, but it was to pay for past oil and gas shipments. The United States said, and what I was told directly when I expressed my deep concern to American officials that this was in the uh, about to happen. And yet there's there's much more. They have a, over $7 billion of of the Iranian money in Iraq. they about there's about $20 billion that they're trying to get released. The money from South Korea, money from the IMF, International Monetary Fund. And again, it seems to me a, a mistake because, you know, releasing this money fuels the terrorism. It doesn't go to benefit the people it it uh, We're getting very little because they're saying they can enrich to 60%. If you remember, JCPOA was 3.5%. And 60% is just a a step away from 90%, which is weapons grade. We know they've enriched to 83%. And for people whom these statistics seem boring, believe me, you better understand them because they're very critical for us to understand what the nature of the deal is and you know, they're going to call it an informal deal because they don't want it to have to go to the Senate for approval.
0: Well, how no. long does it take to get from 83 to 90?
11: Is that days yeah. or months? Days. So Absolutely. why? So what the, but the point is that they're not dismantling any of the centrifuges which enrich uranium. They're, they're just saying we're going to freeze it right now, this part of the program. In the meantime, they're working on the other two parts of a nuclear program. One is weaponization, which means a fixing. A bomb to to uh, a delivery system and the delivery system. So they announced that they have a hypersonic missile, which you know would fly I think four times the s- uh, speed of sound and would be able to go globally and attack the United States, attack others, Israel. Uh, I think downplayed uh, this on two grounds: uh, one that they it hasn't been proven to be operational yet; nobody's seen it actually in flight. Uh, although it seems most many of the experts accept the fact that they have developed this capacity even though they have not finalized it and it does not appear to be operational yet but and Israel has developed and is and or is developing we should say an anti-hypersonic missile that the israel aircraft industries started three years ago already uh, uh, working on it and the the uh, so the iranians will work on the other aspects of it in the meantime what is the message that we're sending iran is taking over iraq consistently covertly with its its um uh, operational groups there the the front groups that they've created and it becomes another leg of the from stretching from yemen the houthis in yemen to gaza to the Hezbollah and Hamas in, in Lebanon, to their groups in Syria, their their militia in Syria, to their um, uh, actions in in Iraq. So, you know, we send a message, which then leads to the consequences that the UAE pulls out of our of the naval coalition that they were part of, because when when ships came under attack, the United States didn't respond. The West didn't respond. They did later to to subsequent effort, uh, attempts by Iran to seize uh, ships in the Straits of Hormuz, uh, And again, the, don't take, you know, don't glaze over, man. This is, people better listen and read the what, what is really happening on the ground, because it's very limited coverage in the media. But these are the things that can have transformative impacts. And what, I think it's a mistake to make any deal with Iran, the they're saying that this is just all this money is being paid directly to companies for things that were provided, but a is the symbolism, the message that it sent to, to the rest of the world. That um, what is the message we send to the Iraqis and others if we make a deal with the uh, with them uh, with Iran, uh, and they're saying, well, they won't go beyond sixty percent, and they won't attack uh, American contractors in Syria and Iraq. Uh, it directly and most of all by its uh proxies and that they would contribute they would uh, cooperate more with the, the nuclear inspectors well those who've been listening i've been telling you all along how they have not cooperated and also they're supposed to not sell ballistic missiles to russia and and they want unfreeze more and more billions of dollars which we know is the is the fuel of terrorism so I I think it's very disturbing development, even if it's in a limited context. Uh, Israel continues to target the weapons depots, which means Iran is still sending in weapons to their militia in in Syria, certainly to Lebanon. And, you know, this is all intertwined.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and com and the alchemsingle network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. But all of this is based on a premise that it seems everybody wants to ignore and that is that that we're essentially at the point and i think you're ready to agree we're at the point where there is going to be a nuclear iran and they will be weaponized like it's it's sort of like every and, and that's why i don't understand the whole set the whole you know lifting of sanctions at this point we're talking about a lot of money as you just described money that's being used for terror purposes essentially and it's being freed up and and the reality is that we're just, whatever it is, days, weeks, months away from Iran. And now the Western world, as Israel has been warning everybody, has to adjust and deal with this fact that they're going to be, you know, nuclearized and figure out what to do now going forward. Isn't it time to just come to that reality, that realization?
11: Well, we may be moving towards that end and crossed quite a few red lines uh, as you saw that Israel laid down the significance of the deal, saying it was a small deal that we can handle. Well, I think that there's domestic politics involved in that, too, that the people, you know, nobody want no government wants to be blamed and, and be criticized for the fact that under their watch, the the deal that they were trying to prevent didn't it did move forward, even if it's in a, a very limited context. And it's not the size of the JCPOA and it's not a resumption of the JCPOA. But it is a JCPOA junior or less than that. It doesn't matter. It's to me, that's why I keep saying about what, what people understand the messages. And we know that they lie. There is a a, a tradition called Takiyah, which is uh, where you're allowed to lie in Islam to serve a national purpose or to move ahead. And he speaks openly. He, he talked about the three key words, honor, wisdom, and expediency but the, the this doctrine of dissimulation is a very much part of that expediency and he uses this to describe why they accepted the 2015 JCPOA deal why they're able to expect these deals and w- what underlies the policy which is to lie to the west so they can say you know we're going to allow more inspectors did they allow it well on all, all the deals they were required to and they did not. They still ha- have hidden facilities which we don't uh, have uh, a- access to. Uh, they continue. They just provide weapons to Russia in in the, in the Ukraine. None of this, though, and the violations of human rights at home. You know, executions. We we believe that already. They've executed 300 people this year, and last month was the biggest month of all. What happens to the human rights agenda? What happens to all of the other things that were supposedly, you know, be considerations and how we deal? With, uh, with, with Iran, while it escalates its attacks mm-hmm. on, in Syria and elsewhere uh, and and continues its nefarious activities, especially in South America, which we seem to disregard completely, oh, yeah. and, and the growing naval power, which is usually a precursor to what they do in other realms. If- so you got to look at the total picture to understand what the significance of each part is. But just remember, nothing is being dismantled. So everything is in place, which means that they can activate it, Overnight,
0: would anything be different if Russia and Ukraine were not at war with each other? Uh, Russia is so dependent, it seems now, on whatever Iran's you know able to get to them, whether it's drones or anything else, uh, that maybe if they weren't at war, they they would not be as uh, it would not be as much to Iran's advantage. Maybe even Russia. Might I? I don't know what they've done in the past, but might put you know help put pressure on Iran in terms of their uh, nuclear advancement. Would it be any different this situation if Russia was not at war?
11: I do believe the situation would be different if we did not have the war. For one thing, our resources wouldn't be as taxed. That we don't have you know we don't replace the stockpiles, for instance, that we had in Israel, uh, the prepositioning of equipment that we had in South Korea, that the um, the strains in terms of military budgets, et cetera, are are, uh, are greater than um, would otherwise be the case. I think it also elevated Iran's ability, because of its sales to Russia, of munitions, ammunition, and others, drones, and, uh, and now also negotiating about selling ballistic missiles, which supposedly this deal will, will stop. But we know that they'll sell it to them clandestinely, that, that they violate every deal that they sign anyway. But they also are selling the oil for Russia that is supposed to be sanctioned. So they have, they've they benefited. They've gotten income at a time when, when their people are standing up against them. There have been amazing demonstrations that I've reported on repeatedly about the internal manifestations that, that just because you don't read about the demonstrations doesn't mean that they aren't going on and that the people... They don't feel the same way that they did. They clamp down uh, more on them, uh, and Israel has to then respond by developing, like the naval Iron Dome system and all the other capacities that it has to devote to um, to, to countering the potential threats from uh, all around it, and, and it's, oh, most of which are tied to um, are tied to, to Iran. And then we look at the these uh, new coalitions that Iran. Together with India, Pakistan, the Gulf States creates its own naval alliance that they say will patrol the northern Gulf. These are all things with long-term consequences. And and you can list them for the next half hour, all of the developments that are taking place in in any one time. So the Gulf, the the war in the Ukraine certainly is a component. It does put additional strains on the system. It certainly uh, puts Iran in a position. And uh, locked it in more with Russia and China over the last uh, over the last few years, and then you see that them being invited to the Shanghai Cooperation Council, becoming an associate at the BRICS, uh, all of these things put Iran in a very different uh, position.
0: What do we know about this u s helicopter episode in Syria?
11: You know, it was an incident. I mean, we don't we don't know that we get the full reports on it, but it could be just uh, it doesn't mean that it was hostile fire
0: it could have been an accident
11: could have been an accident exactly
0: um and israeli politics lapid lapid testified against bb this week yes and i'm asking it in that tone i don't know if you agree with this or not but and and, and by the way it's the same is th- israel and the united states i believe are equal when it comes to this now in 2023 um there were at one time there was an effort <laughs> when when high profile people um uh, you know from different sides of the aisle so to speak or different parts of the political parties it, there was an effort uh it, it, historically at least in this country uh to, to 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 sincerely try to unify everybody uh i mean i'm the one i'm thinking of uh, the obvious one i'm thinking of is you know gerald ford announcing his pardon of richard nixon Uh, Someone said to me last week that the best thing Biden could have done in the aftermath of what happened here with Trump was to announce that he would pardon him if you know down the line. Obviously, that's not going to happen now because of the 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 craziness between the parties at the moment. But I, I I was wondering like is this an is this a normal uh, is this something normal that the former prime minister is testifying against the prime minister just happens to be that, you know, he has information he wants to, you know, testify and share with everybody or, or, or are they suffering from what we're suffering here in the U S that there is not going to be any type of public cooperation or any type of public sentiment that's going to show any type of unity between the parties? Cause that's just where we're at right now. Uh,
11: so um, uh, by and large changes, yes, but the, 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 there are a lot of parts to that question. But one thing uh, I find very disturbing that officials from Israel come here and bring the internal divisions to the United States and and give interviews and stuff where they which, which was a, a policy in the past that uh, you can attack each other at home, but when you go abroad, we stand you stand behind the government and the, and the state of Israel. Yep. Th- that rule has been shattered. Uh, I think the the um, The trials are a separate track that we have to look at that uh, you see that as soon as the vote took place at the Knesset and a member of the opposition got elected, the judicial review panel, then they broke off all the talks. That would seem to me to be the point where you say, okay, now we'll do more talks when four members of Bibi's coalition joined the opposition. Now, it may well be with Bibi's permission. Some people speculate that this is the outcome Bibi wanted because he thinks that the demonstrations will be diminished and it also buys him some time. Um, and, you know, there's one from the opposition, one from the coalition that elected, and there'll be one more, but that's been put off for a while. So the you, you just have to take each part and try to assess. But clearly, the, a lot of the dignity that we saw, let's say, in Begin's time and mm-hmm. other times there are being... You know, the kind of things that uh, you had internal differences, you had differences between even between Rabin and Perez and the name calling and stuff. But but you put on a front at least. And when you're facing all the challenges, only some of which we've, we've talked about, uh, we look at the UN and you see this commission of inquiry coming out with a report that is so vicious, so flawed, so anti-Israel. It's and no surprise because the three people in charge of the commission of inquiry, which is unlimited in funding and in in length, uh, are are known have made anti-Semitic comments in the past and are, are hostile uh, to to Israel. Uh, so we, we, this is a time when you need a united front. And whatever differences exist in Israel, and it's legitimate to have debates over some of these issues. But don't bring those fights here. Don't don't try to enlist Americans at, on one side or the other uh, on the internal issues, though people have a right to express their views and their concerns in responsible ways. So yes, I think that there is a change. I think that we're where um, you know people are looking at Netanyahu as being vulnerable. You know right now the polls show him, I think, even with the Benny Gantz, uh, which is a surprise to to many people. Uh, Again, you can't predict in Israeli politics, whatever, what will be in the future. But I think it's a very, very delicate uh, time. I think that the demonstrations can be turned into a positive if they they stop now, and that they got people activated, interested, young people. Hopefully, it can be directed towards positive engagement uh, with the state. Uh, The fact that they didn't burn the flags, but carry the flags and wave them means they're not disassociating from, from the state, but the, uh, you know, this kind of heightened uh, atmosphere and more intense atmosphere, leaders especially have to be very careful with what they say and what they unleash.
0: Yeah, plus the media just fuels the fire to a degree worse. Uh, we've, uh, we've never the seen
11: The media is just some of it just beyond any belief. But you can't believe it anyway.
0: That's true. And we've never seen it to this degree. But again, you know, the speed with which things happen and the, the rhetoric that people get away with and, you know, in, in simple sentences on social media these days just make it almost impossible, frankly. But, uh, hey, I don't want to be that old fashioned guy who's complaining about the way things are here in 2023. Finally, in light of this week's events, how would you describe the Saudi Arabia and China relationship?
11: A marriage to convenience uh, I don't believe that Saudi Arabia can be indifferent to knowing the appetite that China has, that it goes into countries, it invests, uh, as they seem to be in Naom. Um, but we know that they extract a heavy price, ultimately. Most countries, they go in, they lend money, which they don't have to do in Saudi case, but build a dependency. They they have a, a insatiable appetite for energy. They are looking to extend the Belt and Road and Xi wants to be an international figure. And the fact that he brought Iran and Saudi Arabia together, regardless of how uh, serious that is, we did see the visit of a foreign minister to, of Saudi Arabia to Iran. We've seen Iranian officials visiting Saudi Arabia. They opened the embassy of of Iran in Saudi Arabia. They, they have taken uh, some, uh, again, superficial steps. Uh, it seems that the fighting with the Houthis is somewhat reduced, but Iran is still not stopping the aid going to them in, in Yemen. So the underlying tensions, I think, remain, uh, and the, the Chinese are stepping into vacuum after vacuum, wherever they feel that they can extend their Belt and Road Initiative, which has not just economic but political ramifications, where they can... Um, uh, they put their ships then in in various places. They they have a presence, and then people look for alternatives. and And uh, China, it uh, is taking advantage of the of what they see as the failings on the part of others. So the Chinese uh, deal is significant. Their growing presence and relationship. The fact that they hosted Abbas this week and promised that they would engage in. Um, or offering to to do negotiations between Israel and the Palestinian Authority, though I don't believe that much will come of that. But you see the the aggressive appetite and the desire to be as the second greatest power in the world uh, a player everywhere.
0: Wow, there is so much going on. It is unbelievable what's happening in this world. And what a small world it's become that all of us can follow everything that's happening on this planet at a moment's notice. It's just... It's sometimes too much to digest. Frankly, there's just so much happening, and or or I should say, there's always been so much happening, but now we're just aware of all of it. Uh, a lot of
11: indigestion.
0: So a lot, of, yeah, to say the least. Um, hey, happy Father's Day, Malcolm. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Good your Shabbos you. and have a wonderful weekend.
11: All the fathers, the mothers, the children. Who, who make them for others, so we say have a happy day to everybody.
0: Yeah, Amen to that. Have, have a one, good
11: Shabbos. A one, good
0: yes, you as well. Wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again, please God, next week. Malcolm honline Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations, Fridays with us in hour number two for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. 809 is candle lighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Lots of synagogues begin early. Make sure you know when your neighborhood and your shul uh, begins, no matter where you're listening around the world. Parsh in the diaspora, Parsha's korach in Israel, and you know my feelings about all that. Monday and Tuesday is Rosh Chodesh. We will, we will bench Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> there's some people who can't get over how passionate I am about this topic, how, how I cannot, it's sometime in my lifetime I got to solve this problem, no matter how many people tell me there's no way to do it. Um, and then Rabbi my gets on yesterday, those of you who missed the interview, make sure to listen to it. Uh, Reves gets on and talks about how great it is that we're out of sync with, uh, that the diaspora is out of sync with Israel. That's a very important symbolic thing, that we're out of sync. So I I, I don't even have an ally in him right now. Uh, but I'll still continue to fight, I can tell you that much. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so a double, uh, not double, but actually different parts here. Shlach here and Korach in Israel. 809 Candlelighting, we will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz will be Monday and Tuesday again. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, Monday and Tuesday, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlaw, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good
1: morning, Achum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading parshas shlach. Ouch. Parshas shlach, which according to the chinuch, contains three mitzvos. Two positive and one restriction is every year one of the most challenging partials in the Torah because, after all, we ask ourselves, how could they do this? How could a people who had experienced such miraculous performance by HaKadosh Baruch Hu on their behalf, how could they... In the words of David HaMelech in Tilim 106, David says, Vayim chemda. What does that mean? That they, unfortunately, despised the very special land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving them. Okay, we'll try to come up with one Possibility, and that is as an introduction. A is nor a People are people, which to a great extent is why we read all the details of this parsha. Because one could argue, wait a second, this happened 3,500 years ago. How does that, in what way, does it affect us? Well, it affects us first of all in terms of our perspective of Eretz Yisrael. That Eretz Yisrael was is, always, will be La min and everything about it is quote of a supernatural nature but in addition if we take a look through the eyes of Chazal we'll have a better appreciation as to what went wrong at least one opinion. I'd like to share with you the opinion of the Shalah Kadosh as brought down in the Sefer Be'er Yosef of Yosef Salan, of Racha, in Parsha Shlach. And he says, as basically everybody does, what was wrong with the report of the Maraglim? After all, Moshe said to them, Go and let us know. What is the nature of the people? Are they strong? What are the nature of the cities? Are they fortified? And the people, the 10 out of the 12, bad miraglim come back and they say the truth. The people are very strong and the land in which and the cities in which they live are especially fortified. Had they stopped there, there'd be no problem. The problem is they go beyond. Nobody asks them, but we see a certain negativity which comes out of the maraglim, thereby showing that they went with already colored glasses. And even though the Torah says kula manashim, that at the time of their designation as uh, leaders, the Siam, princes of the Jewish people at that time, they were all good men, honorable men of good character, etc. Unfortunately, explains the stipler, that the position went to their heads, whoa, look how important we are, and they thought that this position of leadership, as the Zohar teaches, would be with them only as long as they're in the desert. Once they go into Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be a different change of leadership, and they didn't want to lose it. So even though the actual the actual pronouncement of their Loshon Hara about Eretz Yisrael took place just on one day their 40 days that they spent in Eretz Yisrael during that 40 days the entire time they were unfortunately colored by their own persuasion their own thinking and thinking that we don't want to lose our job, and therefore we will find a way to make sure that we stay in the desert. So, unfortunately, they had their negios. They had their own agenda, and this colored their perspective, which led them to yield this kind of a negative report. Because if you think about it, Bring homish to the table tonight and go to the beginning of chapter 9 in the book of Devarim. Forty years later, Moshe is speaking prior to his passing to the nation that's about to go into Eretz Yisrael. And what does he say to them? Chapter 9, Pesach 1 and 2, he's saying exactly what the Moraglum said. Namely, you're going into Eretz Israel, you're going to encounter great uh, nations that are st- greater than you, mightier than you, cities that are fortified up to the heavens, lofty people, children of giants that you know and of whom you have heard, who can stand up against the children of the giants. Exactly what the Meraglim said, except, ah, oh, says the Shalak. HaKadosh. What did HaKadosh Baruch have in mind? He had in mind that when they would see that it's impossible alpiteva, it's impossible on a natural way for the Jewish people not trained in warfare, former slaves, that they should conquer the seven mighty nations living in Israel. It's impossible. They should come back and they should realize, yes, It's impossible for us to do. But as Moshe says in Pesach 3 in chapter 9, You should know today that Hashem, your God, He is going before you. He is a consuming fire. He will destroy them. He will subjugate them before you. You will drive them out. You will cause them to perish quickly as Hashem spoke to you. That's what they missed. And why did they miss it? because they had personal negios. Now this is a very powerful lesson for all of us, for all times, because two people can see the same thing, but they can come to a very difficult conclusion. And so, if you take a peek in the Gemara Brachos, not 58, one, what does the Gemara say there? The Gemara says as follows. Two guests come to someone's home. The Oreach Tov, the good guest, what does he say? Well, Wow. Look how much trouble the host took on my behalf. How much meat he brought before me, how much wine, how many rolls he brought before me, all the trouble that he did, he didn't do except for me. Wow. The Oreyach however, the bad guest, what does he say? Come on. What trouble did the host do for me? What? All I had was one piece of bread. All I had was one piece of meat. I only had one cup. And all that he prepared and the trouble that he did, he only did for his wife and children. So, big deal. Amazing, the exact same experience, but yields two very different responses. Therefore, Pasha Shlach calls out to us and says very clearly, Morai v'rabosai, everybody, this is the time of your Remember, what we're taught in chapter 1, Mishnah 6, says Yoshua ben and Nita Bailey. Make for yourselves a teacher, a mentor, a rabbi, and acquire for yourself a good friend, a chavrusa, and, and judge everybody favorably. Why do I need a rebbe? Why do I need a good chavrusa? Says the Medrash Shmuel they are all different aspects. I need a Rebbe for Psak Halacha. I need a Rebbe and a good friend for Eitzah and Hadracha, for advice and guidance and how to proceed with my life. Why? I quote the Medrash Shmuel. Ein atzmo esu Very often we don't Realize, and we can't come to the right conclusion for ourselves when we are faced at crossroads and have to make serious decisions. We can't see for ourselves with the same clarity as you see for the next one because you have negios and you you have color-tainted vision. You have various perspectives. That you have already become part of your personality and therefore you can't, you're you blinded. We don't realize that we're blinded and that's why we need others who are objective and not ourselves who are subjective. Exceedingly important. I'm going to show you another very powerful Gemara in Brachos 9b. Right before the Mishnah. The Gemara analyzes the famous story of Eliyahu in Karmel, where he challenges the 450 false prophets that they should bring the fire down from Shemayim, either they or he, to prove who is the real God. They try, they don't succeed. This, by the way, is the Haftorah for Parshas Kisisa, coming from Malachim Aleph, read on a year, which happens to be a leap year. Now, what does Eliyahu say? Aneni Hashem, aneni. He says, aneni, twice. What? Hashem doesn't hear him the first time. What does he have to say? Answer me, Hashem, answer me. So Rabbi Buhu gives the following answer. The reason why he says, aneni, twice, is the first time is, aneni, shetei rei men Hashemayim. Please bring the fire down from heaven in order that they should realize, wow, that you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, are in charge. And now, aneni the second time, Sh'tosiyach Daitom, Hashem, please give them the clarity of thought. Kadeshalo yomru, that they shouldn't say, Masik Shofemem, Sure. What Elio and Avi did was all, quote, of a magical power, meaning the people had been so mistaken and followed the idolatry prior to Elio bringing them to Karmel that they already had tainted vision. They were so steeped in idolatry, they, Elio was afraid they would not be able to see with clarity who's bringing it down. And therefore, the second Haneni is please, they're going to see the fire, but make sure they realize that it comes from you and not from their preconceived notions. Parshash Shlach is coming and telling us a very powerful idea. Namely, as the Mishnah in the Goyim teaches, A person can be there to help the next one, to see with clarity what might be best for the next one. But sad to say, oftentimes he doesn't always see what's best for him. And therefore, for that reason, he has to go to his Rav. He has to go to his good friend who is able to see objectively and please, God, put him on the right path. And therefore, the story of the Meragam might have taken place over 3,500 years ago, but the lesson according to the Stipe Gaon, and according to, based upon the Shaloh HaKadosh is a universal lesson talking to each and every one of us just know that we all have some tainted glasses and therefore get yourself be close have a personal connection with a rav get yourself a good friend and that way you're going to be on the right path to be able to make the right decisions. Shabbat Shalom to all. (mulky)
2: I'm <mulky>
0: J. M. in the a.m. with Micha Gamerman and Mimkomcha here on a Friday morning of Shabbos. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hour number three. My thanks to Malcolm Holmein and my thanks to Rabbi Yudin. I didn't realize, and uh, our technical end didn't realize for a few minutes, so we had been off the air. Our live feed had been off the air. That's why you were listening, I assume, to music that was playing. Uh, these glitches happen. It's awful when it happens during a... Uh, Period of time when such high-profile segments are going on here at JMM, including the weekly update, and including, of course, Rabbi Yudin. Uh, obviously, the archive—well, I shouldn't say obviously—it's not always the case. But today, the archive is available, uh, so that those of you who want to hear Rabbi Yudin in its entirety, in his entirety, uh, it'll be—it's—it'll av- be available after the show in the archive, and it'll be available uh, after the show on NachumSiegel.com in the news section as a separate uh, file so that you can hear the entire presentation of Rabbi Yudin at any point today. And again, of course, I apologize. Uh, it is beyond our control sometimes, and it's very frustrating. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candle lighting at 8.09 on this of Shabbos in New York. Those of you out there who are not in the New York area or who tend to uh, start Shabbos early, make sure you know when things start where you are. Yeah. That would be a good suggestion. We'll venture to tomorrow. Shodesh uh, tammuz. We'll tammuz will be Monday and Tuesday. Shodesh Tammuz will be Monday and Tuesday. So, again, we venture tomorrow. Shodesh Tammuz is Monday and Tuesday. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum single network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Enjoy all of our, all of our great weekend programming. We have a, um, we have a full schedule. That's an understatement. We have a full schedule for this father's day weekend, right after jam in the AM. Uh, I should say, excuse me, an hour after jam in the the of Shabbat show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at KEDEM that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Saturday night seagull tomorrow night I've Rami and Eliezer's Wickler starts at 9 30. with JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Matis live and in living color, as they say. Um and um Monday morning we're back starting at six AM here at JM and AM. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I hope you have a chance to grill up some delicious AH, knockwurst, hot dogs, uh sausage and all the other great meat items, and make A&H a centerpiece of your Father's Day grilling uh, session, your Father's Day barbecue, and a happy Father's Day to uh, all the dads and granddads and great granddads in this audience from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right. Lots of good things going on, that's for sure. Mazal tov to all the honorees last night. The uh, Yeshiva University Athletics Hall of Fame Class of 2023 was quite a beautiful induction ceremony, and I am very, very happy that I was able to be part of it, and I thank everybody who was responsible for that. JM in the AM, plenty more. Here's Mendy Warch.
2: Shalom, Alge, Shalom. Malakijan. We will echt mal geen lach Shalom, mal shalom, shalam
0: Isaac and Rubenstein out of Israel with Shalom Aleichem. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Another great week here at JMN, I'm proud to say. Don't forget our friends at shopbeichlers.com. They've got their big tzitzis, Tallis gartel, yarmulke sale going on right now through Father's Day, through this coming Sunday. Go to shopbeichlers.com, save, save. 15% when you use promo code radio. Simple as that. Go to shopichlers.com, Get all that sits and yam because you need for the summer. Get the brand new towels. Get whatever you need. shopichlers.com It's 15% off between now and Sunday if you use promo code radio. Again, the website shopichlers.com. It is time to say good Shabbos Candle lighting at 8.09 in New York. Roche Thomas will be Monday and Tuesday. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM
9: Your
2: candles will be.
0: My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at alchomsigle.com, on the Alchomsigle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday morning and a fantastic week here at JM and the AM. Mark Zomick and the Arab Shabba Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Great programming all through today, all sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow night, at Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Robert Elias. Wickler. Rickler. Sunday, it's Mattis and JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And... um Monday morning, we're back starting at 6. Make sure to join us. Have a fabulous Shabbos, great weekend. Till next week, it's Nahum Sigul reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.